This isn't your typical podcast for working moms. This is Bad Moms in Business, a podcast that believes that empowered women empower women. Here are your hosts, Bridget Robertson, Amanda Sharp, and Danielle Monahan. Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of Bad Moms in Business, the podcast. And today we are kind of doing a follow-up of what we spoke about last week, which was advocating for yourself. Um, But this week we're going to take it just a step further and talk about women in um, our need to really advocate for ourselves because oftentimes we are not taken seriously when Mm -hmm. we speak to doctors. So... um, Danielle, I know that this was a topic that was really kind of close to your heart. Yeah. So when, when I had Jet, and some of this came up when we did um, Jet's birth story, but I had a lot of bleeding um, postpartum. They were considering it hemorrhaging. It was a whole thing. They assumed that part of my placenta uh, detached from the placenta that I birthed and stayed inside of my uterus. And this was the first time that I was given a glimpse into the world of not that women don't get taken seriously because this, they, they knew what was causing my issue. They, they, we were just trying to figure out how to rectify the situation, but it was what they expect women to go through in the medical industry without pain meds, without, um, you know, any other sort of medication. It's kind of astonishing. So I won't get too graphic with it, but at one point it was a discussion that they were going to manually remove the part of the placenta. I had never even heard of this before. Okay. One of my dearest friends in the world is a nurse in the mother baby unit. I had no idea that this goes on when I texted her. She was like, "Mm, it's not pretty. It's not pretty. So somebody was literally going to completely reach up inside me after I just delivered a baby hours beforehand was extremely sore with no pain meds to remove what was in my body. Now I get that they were doing it because, you know, you could, you could continue bleeding. Right. And that, you know, that's never a good thing. Um, but the fact that they were going to do this without medication, without, you know, putting me under, without doing anything, they were just, they were just going to go in and grab it. Mm -hmm. I, could not believe that. Luckily it did not come to that. Absolutely. But it could have, and they would have did that. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like it's absolutely barbaric that our comfort during a procedure is secondary to the procedure. That makes no sense to me. Never will make no sense to me. And no one can argue with us that men get superior treatment in this lane. They do. There's not a chance that something like that would have happened to a man. Not a chance. They go home from a vasectomy with Mm -hmm. painkillers. Yep. Women can have procedure after procedure after procedure done, and they're not even recommended Tylenol. Yeah. Literally, I birthed a child, birthed a child, and they're like, you can take Motrin if you want. This is, anyways, I was not even given Motrin in the hospital after I had jet was not, was not even an option. Did they did not offer it. It was not given at one at literally like two hours before I was discharged. They were like, are you in any pain? I was like, I just want to go home at this point. Like 
I can take Motrin at home. It's, and I, I'm fully aware, we're fully aware that due to the sensitivity that we just birthed the baby and that some of us may be nursing, which what we consume will directly go to the child. 100%. We understand their sensitivity to what we are able to put in our body. No mm-hmm. different than the nine months we were pregnant. Right. But there are medicines, there are medicines. Mm-hmm. And at that point, so you just are supposed to deal with tremendous pain while you're being treated. It just does not. Well, not maybe even it. offer it up as an option. Not everybody breastfeeds. Not everybody Absolutely. would be willing to sacrifice breastfeeding. Yes. Or, you know, you know what I'm saying? They wouldn't be willing to sacrifice taking these meds for breastfeeding, like ask, just ask the person. And so that's kind of where I think our our conversation is going is you need to be the advocate for yourself. I know we've talked about this before about having a patient advocate, um, but really trying to speak up for yourself and say what matters, you know, in the last episode or in a couple episodes ago, recently, we talked about Bridget, you um, were in a lot of pain. And you, you pushed through maybe with the help of your mother-in-law, but (laughs) you pushed through to figure out what exactly was going on with your body where some people could have just said, you know what, this is just something I have to live with now. Here's the thing. Statistically as women, our pain is explained away because we're, we're stressed out or Mm -hmm. because we're emotional. Read hysterical right? Um, women's pain is often diminished. Add to that, that I'm a plus size woman and it's automatically, well, maybe you should lose some weight. Maybe it's what you're eating. Maybe you're not digesting your food the right way. As a fat woman, you really, really, and I don't use the word fat in a derogatory way. You really, really have to advocate for yourself because they will tell you to lose weight. They will tell you to stop eating carbs. They will tell you to stop eating sugar. And then when all of that doesn't work, then it's, well, we don't understand why you're in this pain. How do we don't understand that it could possibly hurt that much. It is exhausting. Um, and so don't do not let people treat you this way, especially if you're a woman. I was talking to a friend last night and I said, I wonder if it was my husband who went in and said, I'm having this pain. He is, I don't know what the term is for men, but we'll call him plus size too. I don't know. Sorry, Chris. Um, but well, is, it, is it not the same? I, I, don't know. I don't know. But because he's a man, would they have said, lose some weight first? Maybe it's what you're eating. No, no, they wouldn't have. And they would have said, oh, if, if a man is in here, he must really be in pain. It's not okay. We, we kind of chatted about this a little bit last night and you know, the, the word hysteria comes from women, hysterectomy, hysteria. They are two in the same. When people were, um, you know, submitted to psych words for being in pain or whatever, they called it hysteria because they, literally as women are, our feelings are completely invalidated because we are emotional, hormonal, whatever it is. When people aren't taking the the time to realize like hormones are a very real thing mm-hmm. and do they can, you know, going off on a bit of a side tangent here, but can hormones cause imbalances in mood swings and stuff? Yes. But that is for a reason hormones. This isn't something that we're just making up that we're just doing because 
Oh, it's that time of the month. Here we go again. Yeah. Oh boy. And when I was freshly pregnant with a baby, Owen, and my very first appointment, when they examined me, they go do twins run in your family. And I was like, whoa, I think I shared that on my birth story mm-hmm. and ended up being a tumor or whatever you would want to call it. Um, the size of a grapefruit because of hormones, the hormones that were helping Owen to grow fed this tumor. And I mean, it, he was like, okay, after they did the ultrasound, he said, it will dissolve. It'll, it'll slow itself down. And it absolutely did. And it dissolved. That's the power of hormones. So, so hormones themselves can cause a lot of medical conditions. And why are we emotional? Because no one listens to us when we have pain. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) We get to the point where we expect anything else, but not that. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry guys. We hit a wall. (laughs) Am I right? Oh Lord. And I, it blows my mind. And I just think as more women get into the medical fields, because we do see more women that are in the medical fields, that is a huge thing. Um, where in the past, so many men were just doctors because only men went to college, only men went to, you know, after high school or whatever, only men were able to take certain classes, even in high school. So women couldn't even go on the path to become something more than a homemaker. So I feel like now that more women are in the workspace in the medical field, I think there's going to be a lot more conversation around women's health, women's pain. And I just feel so bad for her ancestors who had to endure the pain that they did. My grandma died of a heart attack at 62. I guarantee you. And it was in her sleep. Thank God. I guarantee you if the medical community would have thought, oh, what do you mean? Women actually can have heart attacks. She would still be or could have still been alive. And I don't know. They probably didn't know this back then. But when women have heart attack symptoms and men have heart attack symptoms, they come across as two different things. Men typically have the pain down the left side of their body, the tightness of the chest. A lot of women have like back pain and like pain in other areas. So, so a lot of people don't even realize that like, oh, her back's hurting. Mm, she probably just did something when really it might be associated with her heart. Absolutely. I, back pain can really truly be a million things. Oh yeah. Bridget, stomach pain can be a million other things mm-hmm. and not to be defenseful of the doctors that Bridget spoke to, but they weren't wrong in all of the paths they were trying to go to eliminate stuff. But when they, couldn't eliminate it. It wasn't like, well, we don't know. It was never once was it, let's investigate further. Right. Bridget had to advocate for herself to say, I'm not happy with this answer of you just have to deal with it. And now Bridget has a physical thing that's causing her to have this pain. And you're going to take it a step further because Bridget, you were saying, and I don't think you mind me sharing this because Mm -hmm. you said that you were going to talk about it, that typically it's not removed and you were going to ask for it to be removed. Yeah. So in my, in my research, I haven't seen my doctor yet. That happens later this week. Um, but in my, in my research about this mass, um, yeah, typically they don't need to be surgically removed because they're not, um, harmful to your health in any way. However, mine is causing pain because of where it's located and where it's pressing against. So typically, 
um, they are formed, it's like dead tissue. It's called, um, mine is like something necrosis, which. Yeah, I can't remember what you said, something necrosis. Um, But they happen a lot in uh, breast tissue. Women who have breast cancer or suspected breast cancer when they're being poked and prodded and biopsied, um, it's the trauma that causes these things to pop up. And typically they're, they're not harmful, painful, they're fine. Um, mine was most definitely caused by my C-section, the trauma in that area. And, but it is causing me pain. And so I am going to fight to have it removed. Um, we'll see how that goes, but I refuse to live like this anymore. I mean, there are times where you. I'm sitting here and it, the pain will just shoot through my body. And it feels like someone is taking a hot knife and stabbing me. Um, and, you know, you have had this pain pretty much the entire time that I've known you. Yeah. And I would never have known had you not said anything, because that is the type of brave face that you put on. And a lot of women put on. I honestly, I, I had no idea for years until you finally started saying, Hey, I'm trying to figure out what's going on with my body because I, I can't do this anymore. Right. Well, because it has gotten progressively worse over the last few years. And I don't know if it's because it's growing in size, unfortunately, because nobody ever investigated it. I don't know if it used to be smaller and that's why it didn't hurt as often. And it's growing in size. I, I don't know. Um, but I am hoping to be taken seriously and to have it removed. So we'll see. Fingers crossed. It's we'll sign a petition. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, if that procedure of having it removed can make the quality of your life be more of a pain-free life, like that's amazing. Yeah. That is amazing. And was it a friend or had we read about, you were saying somebody had severe endometriosis? Oh, Danielle. That yeah. Was so that this was, um, this was a woman on TikTok actually, that was talking about how she had, um, severe endometriosis that wasn't found until later in life that her pain just kept getting brushed to the side to the point where when she was in labor, after she was able to finally get pregnant because endometriosis causes a lot of complications around that when she was actually able to get pregnant and she went into labor, she didn't even know that she was in labor because the amount of pain that she felt was just like normal period cramps to her. And so she was just like, Oh, it's nothing. This is fine. And it turns out she was in actual labor and she had no idea, like fully fledged active labor. Imagine that. And it took me to when I was having Owen and they had the Pitocin like cranked up. And it couldn't go any higher. And I couldn't do anything. Like, I was like, I don't know. My back hurts because my back did hurt. And when you said that, I go, I wonder if I actually really was having true contractions. Probably. But when I have my period that first day, I have terrible back pain, terrible back pain. It does feel like a screwdriver. Like you said, a hot screwdriver is being drived into like my lower back. And so when I, it's not like the stabbing pain that some people refer to. Mine is like nagging, like hot rods in the back of my back. And that's what I had during my labor. And so my mom was like, you're not in labor. If that's your complaint, even my own mom said that to me. And when you said that this morning or last night, whatever that was Mm -hmm. about that poor girl, I go, 
maybe I actually did have labor pains. I bet you did. Regarded them off as, oh, this is just normal pain for me. Let me ask you a question. So did your like awful cramps start right away? Like as you started your period for the first time, or was that something that sort of grew over time? So that's a good question. And I don't know if I can remember, but I can remember. And I don't want anyone to come at my mom because my mom did this with great love. And oh, of course. like, so our listeners, because I'm she's gonna, not wrong when she does this. And I'm going to stop you before you even start. We also have to consider the fact that the way your mom was probably treated as yes. a woman patient in her yes. childbearing years is completely yes. different. Yeah. Than you, we you are. only we still have complaints. It's mm-hmm. true. That's how it's she true. was treated. She's we, using the knowledge that she has. Yes, Absolutely. exactly. You only and, have so many resources at your disposal to use. Agreed. And as and we're learning more, we have more resources. And this was more of a mindset that she had for us because she had four daughters. And she's mm-hmm. like, you guys, you it's not the rest of the world's problem when you have your period, no matter how good or bad it is. Interesting. It's not the world's problem. So you're going to have to find a way to work through what is happening to your body. And she wasn't wrong. She's like, this world is tough for women. You do have to, like, I can't just let you be at home for four days every single month. Mm. As women, we have to be able to, to move on and good or bad. I mean, I took that as great strength and I learned to do that. No one will ever know when I have my period. Like they would be shocked. Do you think that if men had periods, they would get more PTO time or sick time to like take one thousand thousand percent, one thousand percent? I saw a TikTok. Well, there's been several of um, women just like having like a normal conversation. They're like recording a normal conversation, and it um, like it, the words will be trying to make like no face when a golf ball clock comes out of me. <laughs> And how you can just have like a, you can, you continue with a conversation, like nothing's happening while your body is like dispensing, like large things. Ripping down the walls of your yes. uterus. <laughs> Doing what your beautiful body is supposed to do. But mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, and that's kind of what my mom was saying. It wasn't that she wasn't sympathetic to the pain. She gave us medicine if we needed medicine. I mean, it wasn't that. It's just, we had to be in control of what we were doing during that. And I think it gave me tremendous strength, maybe too good of strength. I think a lot of women can relate with the story that I'm about to tell. But when I first started my period, I had, oh, it was just terrible. It was terrible. It was extremely heavy. It was about every two weeks and I I had cramps. Sorry. Yeah. And I had cramps really, really bad. My mom took me to the doctor. What did they do? They put me on birth control. I was on birth control at 12 years old. I feel like so many people have that same story. So instead of trying to figure out what was the root cause, let's figure out where these hormones are out of balance somewhere. It was, let's just slap a bandaid on the situation. And I was on it for years, years. Problem. Um, Super, super heavy periods have to wear two overnight. This is going to be way too much information, but here we are. Here we two are. overnight pads, like back to back like mm-hmm. this to line my entire bottom, mm-hmm. like half of my body plus a super plus tampon. And I'm still changing every two hours, maybe. So I went to my doctor who my OB, who I love, who I love. And I said, take it all out. I want a hysterectomy. I'm done with this. I can't live like this. I'm done having kids. Let's move on. And I had to go through, of course, cause he's not just going to schedule a hysterectomy yeah. for a 
32 year old woman who, however old I was at the time. Um, but he did give me a Marina, which has solved all of my problems, which is, will you explain what that is for people who don't know? Oh yeah. Marina Marina is an IUD. So it's an interuterine device and they shove it up inside your uterus and it, um, oftentimes will make it so that you don't have a period at all, which is my, um, experience. I am thrilled with it. Um, but again, like we have to have things surgically implanted into us in order to be comfortable. Like it's just crazy. And I know that's just the way our bodies are made. Our bodies are wonderful. We, we bring life to the earth. I get that, but man, is it just, it ain't easy. All right. I feel like that's the typical, and I would have, I would bleed for the rest of my life to always be able to have an Owen. Like that's a cap out though. Like at the end of the day, I'm like, this is so miserable. (laughs) Yes. I love being a woman because we did bring in life, but Mm -hmm. it is almost cruel and unfair that our bodies work against us so painfully Mm -hmm. to do what it was meant to do. It just seems, and this is not a new problem for us, but maybe it is a newer problem. We don't know that Women a hundred years ago had easier periods. We don't know that. No, listen, Amanda, this is Eve's fault. Eve <laughs> ate the forbidden fruit. And then I'll bounce back and Adam letter. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's- <laughs> he just blew right the time. She's just like, well, oh. I always want to blame Adam and Eve, but truly Eve is the one that was tempted and gave into the temptation and then convinced Adam to do it. So, I mean, she, it is Eve's fault. I'm just going to say it. And I can, I can totally get behind that. Totally a joke (laughs) on my part. Uh, But no, truly, I mean, since the beginning of time, women have had periods, women have had painful childbirth. And if you believe in what the Bible says, it's, it's all Eve's fault. So, I mean, Eve had to be, the struggle had to be real for Eve. (laughs) Um, but my point in that is it's not a new problem. This has been going on since the, the dawn of the ages. I mean, it started with the very first woman and it's <sighs> trickled down Sucks. to all of us. Sucks. But that is why women do disregard pain. We yes. brush it off. And that's why women have heart attacks and never go to the doctors or go to the hospital. And it's years later that they find out they have damaged their heart. And they're like, oh, what? <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. So don't just try to be aware of what your body is going through and not so stubborn when you know something's wrong at some point throw in the towel a little bit to get some answers so you at least can be comfortable yeah we're not meant to live for the seats in the back right we're not meant to live in pain if you're in pain something is wrong yeah absolutely that simple and if your doctor doesn't believe you get a second opinion get a third opinion get a fourth opinion until you find someone that will um, advocate for you and believe you and believe and you. I think let's be very clear. There's discomfort and then there's pain, two different things, right? So we, mm-hmm. we don't disregard pain for discomfort though. We're not telling people to be hypochondriacs and think, Oh my gosh, Absolutely. I have a headache. I, what the, the world is ending. What is going on? We're just, you know, your body, you mm-hmm. know, what, what feels right. And what doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. And by all means, if there are any medical professionals listening to this, which we can only hope a few would hear our message as three women who have very different stories, but all including pain and no one listening to us sometimes, Mm -hmm. 
please don't disregard a woman's feelings for her pain because she did not come in because she wanted to. Right. She came in because she had to. Yeah, it's true. Mm, mm, mm. Another heavier subject today, but I think that these are really important conversations to have. So sorry, not sorry. I just feel like the more people talk about it, the more something will eventually get done. The medical world will have to like finally at some point align with the need and care that women deserve. Agreed. So we'll keep having this conversation for as long as women are in pain. Right. That's right. We'll do this. We'll do this every week, folks. Absolutely. Buckle up. Yeah. We promise not to talk about our periods every week though. <laughs> the handful of guys that we have that listen to us are like, come on guys again. again? And Chris is like, oh boy, I know this story. Come on. <laughs> Live through it every day. Yeah. <laughs> Which let's shout out to the men, the amazing men in our lives that do hear our pain, see our pain and understand when we're not feeling well and do treat us for the most part, very, very well. And at least love that our bodies do what they do, despite mm-hmm. if it causes us pain or not. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So well done husbands. Thank you for being good partners. Yes. All right. That's all I got. Anything else? <laughs> no, <laughs> Until next time. Yeah. Next time we'll talk about something fun. Much lighter. Yes. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram yeah. and Facebook. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll see you guys and next YouTube. time. And oh, and YouTube. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You want to see our faces? Where else are you going to see our faces? That's right. You want to see Danielle's bubble? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go to see it. My bubble. <laughs> All right, everyone. Have a good week. Bye, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.